Blog Talk Radio. The 546th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. You can get your daily reading from me and other writers over at Rebel News Network. But as always, this show is dedicated to American soccer. So sit back, relax. And enjoy yourself because we're going to have a lot of fun having conversations about American soccer. You know, let me just say this, and it's just one of those things where I am a proud American soccer fan when there is progress being made, progress being made, when we are going to have another exciting moment not just with how players are improving, playing, going across the pond, into Europe, but the development and the construction of brand new soccer stadiums in the United States. None other than ownership group of Indy 11, who has come out of nowhere, even though they have discussed building a soccer-specific stadium, and early renderings a couple years ago showed about how glorious it was going to look, well, a revised stadium plan showing a 20,000-seat stadium with a retail area, Apartment living, hotel, parking garages in the southwest section of downtown Indianapolis. For ever since Indy 11 has been alive, they have been borrowing two stadiums to play their games in. One of them, of course, the uh, Mike Carroll Track and Field Soccer Stadium on the campus of IUPUI, as well as the usage of Lucas Oil Stadium, the home of the Indianapolis Colts. If you go to uslsoccer.com, you will see the brand new plans for building this not only beautiful soccer stadium, but what it will do for the city of Indianapolis when it comes to retail business, hotel visiting business, as well as living arrangements for those in the Indianapolis area. 
south of the Indianapolis train station and a little southwest. I, your host, has always said, this is one of the things that needs to be done to make this soccer sport come to fruition. Building of stadiums. We have to end the usage of NFL stadiums, Major League Baseball stadiums, as well as Minor League Baseball stadiums. This makes me happy. This makes me proud. This tells me, and it's not just, I should say this, this tells me that the ownership group of of Indy 11 is serious in making a move to put not only their club into a perfect position to become one of the top clubs in USL championship, but to follow the lead of Louisville City, who has built Lynn Family Stadium. This makes me happy, because as I've said many, many, many times, we need stadiums in the lower levels below Major League Soccer. Anytime an MLS club that comes into play wants to build a stadium, it's an automatic, I'm happy, we all know they have the money and the resources and the capital to build stadiums in the Division One, the top league of American soccer. It's the lower levels we have to worry about. It's USL Championship. It's USL League One. NISA. We need stadiums in the professional ranks below Major League Soccer and above the amateurs to make sure that every club in every league has a stadium they can call their own. Because this is where it helps everybody. Everybody. And it helps the sport grow and get better. Look, I understand that promotion relegation is just as important to everyone else. That we have a competitive and fair league moving forward. And I understand that. But I have always felt stadiums in professional soccer is also a part of that issue as well. Stadiums in professional soccer are a part of that growth. If we do not secure the necessary land to continue 
the fight. Build stadiums to not use minor league ballparks, athletic fields, NFL stadiums, major league baseball stadiums to have a soccer team in it. It is a massive victory for the American player, for the American soccer clubs, for the U.S. Soccer Federation, and for those leagues. And even if some of these teams do play in a soccer-specific stadium, we need to make sure that they're the ones that own the stadium and not paying rent for it. When you see teams like Tampa Bay Rowdies changing the landscape of a former minor league baseball stadium in Alang into a soccer-specific stadium, that's a victory. When you see a brand-new downtown stadium for the Colorado Springs switchback, still calling it Widner Field, where the original stadium was out in the distance where the minor league state baseball stadium is, now moving it into a downtown location, that's a victory. To see victory for this game in this country, building stadiums is just as important to implement promotion relegation. And to be fair, that will be a little bit more difficult to get because of the professional stadium, uh, the professional league standards rule that U.S. soccer has on the books. That is a little more difficult. But in time, in time, we'll get to it. It will happen. I truly believe within time that we have to be patient about that. That will happen. So this is a situation, once again, where I am extremely excited and happy. Extremely excited and happy that we are going to get ourselves another stadium ready to go. And as I understand it, we'll be prepared and ready for the 2025 season. That is fantastic. That is exquisite. Just located a little west of Lucas Oil Stadium, the home of the NFL's Indianapolis Colts. No more will Indy 11 be paying rent. No more will Indy 11 will borrow somebody else's field to play regulation games at somebody else's soccer field, sports field, whatever it is, even an NFL field. This is a major victory for Indy 11, for USL Championship, 
for American soccer fans and for U.S. soccer as well. This is a major victory. More needs to happen. More has to happen. And I have this great feeling that it will. Brian Legion using a college football stadium now in downtown Birmingham. Charleston Battery losing their home moving to a college fo- college football college soccer stadium, excuse me. Colorado Switchbacks, Detroit City, Hartford Athletic, Las Vegas Lights, Louisville City, Monterey Bay. I mean Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Rio Grande Valley, Sacramento Republic, San Antonio FC, Tampa Bay Rowdies, soon Queensboro FC. Building or having soccer-specific stadiums. This is the way to go. This is what needs to happen to make the sport viable, taken serious, and finally pushing that envelope that says, now you cannot ignore us anymore. Now you sports media. You can't ignore us anymore. This is who we are now. We are a part of your landscape. Maybe we're not in Major League Soccer, but we are a part of the landscape. Because one day it will happen where every single club and every single league will have a soccer-specific stadium that is meant for the game in its respective town, city, or village. This, my friends, is the most important thing that needs to happen within our country, and this is the next step for viability not just Major League Soccer, but for the lower levels and for the entire sport in this country. I've got a great show for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We will discuss the under-20s in the CONCACAF under-20 tournament. Big, big match coming up uh, against Costa Rica for the right to qualify for the FIFA under-20 World Cup. And, of course, reviewing the New York Red Bull matches these past uh, week. But joining me right now... Uh, this gentleman, uh, a U.S. soccer legend, and uh, one of the best voices to analyze American soccer, of course, locally for Altitude TV for the Colorado Rapids, nationally Spanish language for TUDN and Univision. Uh, it is Marcelo Balboa joining me, of course, the negative of the Apple TV MLS broadcasting deal. Marcelo, good evening, and how are you tonight? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm just sitting here in beautiful uh, Dallas. And what are you doing in Dallas uh, right now? Is it a big, uh, are you uh, cheering? Well, no, besides being a broadcaster, I'm the uh, head coach of the U14 Rapids Academy in the MLS Next. 
showcase. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, Dallas Cup has already come and go, hasn't it, or not yet? It has. It Ah. has. It was along with the uh, GA this summer. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, good luck to you in that tournament, and I hope uh, the Rapids do very well in the MLS Youth Tournament there. So it's going to be great. But, um, you know, obviously when Major League Soccer announced their new streaming deal with Apple Television and – that included not just the global broadcasting rights uh, to be picked up across the world. It also took away the regional sports networks hold for the last 26 to 27 seasons for the local broadcasters to showcase the MLS clubs in their local markets. And of course for you in Commerce City, Denver area, that means – this is it for Altitude Television. When the news broke, what did you think right off the bat? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag, you know what I mean? Because we've been doing local TV for a long time. People are used to hearing uh, our voices, just like in Seattle with Casey and uh, L.A. They used to Kobe Joe, Chet Messing with the New York Red Bull. So <clears throat> it's one of those things, but it's like everything else. Uh, eventually there's got to be progression. And the next logical step was to, and we've heard rumors that they were going to sign a, a global deal with somebody. They didn't know if it, who it was going to be. And uh, when we heard it was Apple TV, listen, it, it, you know, it's going to be able to market, the, the, put all the games on TV. Uh, it does eliminate jobs, but there will be, they're saying, <clears throat> somewhere between 10 and 12 English uh, pairs that will be doing the games, and there'll be 10, the same thing in Spanish. So, you know, we can just, keep our fingers crossed and hope that, uh, that we get an opportunity to either do Spanish and English or English. I know that you and Richard Fleming have been a great broadcasting duo for the people in Denver and for everyone in Colorado that follows the Rapids. I mean, obviously, you know, this had to be a big blow for you for Richard, and even for the talented broadcast crew and Altitude that have basically brought in the Rapids to call these games at home and doing yeah. a course whenever you're able to do on the road or, or doing a, a studio yeah. show on the road whenever the Rapids are no longer at or are not at home at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Yep. Yeah, listen, <clears throat> like I said, I, I'm not the only one. I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, unfortunately – will uh will miss the local broadcast but again um the opportunity to to be able to listen to your local broadcasters through the radio option is, is something that apple tv what we've been told <clears throat> that there will be a button on the side almost like sap if you want to hear the radio guys that are calling the game locally you can scroll down and click on that and you'll be able to hear your your local uh, radio broadcasters so I think Apple's just trying to make everybody happy. They're just trying to get all the games on TV, MLS, the same thing. They're going to be able to control, uh, uh, produce, produce all the games and, uh, and kind of manage their, their products like the way they want to. <clears throat> no, I understand that. Do you feel, uh, and I'm not, this is nothing against Apple or, you know, Paramount Plus or any, you know, sports app that's out there to, help people watch games better instead of 
linear. I mean, obviously, everything improves uh, through time. There's always going to be yeah. something coming down the line in the future. But do yeah. you feel maybe this is going a little too fast, that linear television uh, is disappearing? No, I think there's going to be linear. So, you know, there's going to be, they're talking about possibly ESPN getting games, Fox getting games. They're even talking about Univision getting games. So those are still negotiations that are going on. Um, <clears throat> I think we all knew this was coming, that we heard about it last year, that it was going to be a March decision that would let us know. It took a little longer, but I think we all kind of knew this was coming <clears throat> and there were still the options for linear TV. So um, we'll see. You know what I mean? I think that uh, when, when you can't, it's hard to pass up $250 million that goes into the league where they can produce and uh, direct the way they want to do it. So, again, it's a lot of money for the league. How, how do you not take a deal like this? Yeah, no, I mean, I understand and I agree with you. Um, $250 million a season, yep. 10 straight yep. years. I mean, listen, um, when, when you when you have that much money in front of you coming at you, especially with Apple that are making – such a big play to yeah. broadcast not just sports but the world's global game and to give yeah. it the global uh viewing pleasure that we never thought we'd ever see in this uh in this rights deal um i mean how can you not uh you know how can you turn that down you can't you know this is a big play this is a big moment for the league and for our sport for the sport here in this country yeah, you know, I think you you want to make uh, you want to make the right decisions. You know, what I mean, <clears throat> I think the owners are behind this uh, teams that are going to be getting money due to the TV rights. So I, I think that again, it's ten years. And it's going to have its ups and downs. We're going to have our hiccups. You know, like everything else, trying to figure things out with MLS. But uh, at the end of the day, um, again, when a company like Apple is investing in a company like MLS, they believe that they can help. Uh, make this sport more popular. They can put it out there so people can see it. So I look forward to seeing what it looks like next year. I think we're all waiting to see what it looks like. <clears throat> no, same here. I'm very excited. Well, I'm excited yeah. and I'm a little curious to know what's going to happen. Um, when the news broke, I mean, did you talk to your family about this, about what changes could be happening, what might not happen? I mean, because this is a very, very big decision from the league to accept a deal like this that does affect you and like i've already said affects your broadcast partner uh the broadcast team of altitude and all the different regional sports network that do broadcast mls games what did you tell your family if you don't mind me asking uh, i think it's like everybody else uh, you know it's just not us it's the broadcasters the camera guys it's the producers the directors the stage managers the guys that set up the fiber <clears throat> the guys that run the cameras I think it's all the same thing. We kind of knew this was coming. And, uh, you know, you have to explain it to your family. This is the new opportunity that's going to be out there. The good thing is, again, there's going to be 10, 10 to 12 English pairs. Uh, and there's going to be hopefully 10 to 12 Hispanic pairs. So the only thing I was trying, I was trying to look at the positive side. And I looked at it. So if I don't get something in English, hopefully I've done a good enough job with Univision that I'm able to do some games in Spanish. And uh, you have to look at the positive side, you know what I mean? So 
it, it's it's never easy to tell your family you're there's no more local tv you know you're not you're not going to be doing that anymore something you've done for 17 years you have to move and say these are the opportunities that presented it to dad and hopefully one of them uh pops up <clears throat> just to be curious just my my own curiosity if i can ask you this like yeah. you said you know kobe jones helps out with the galaxy Vocal yeah. broadcast, Shep Messing with the New York Red Bulls, or he enjoy for New York City FC. Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. spoken to any other analyst or broadcaster from the other regional areas of this United States? Uh, or do you have any friends in Canada, in Vancouver, only, or Toronto? That... <laughs> the only one I talked to, to be honest with you, I talked to Tony Miola. <clears throat> yeah. I, uh, I chatted with him the other day, and we had a nice chat. He uh, gave me some insights of things he heard, some things I've heard. And, uh, again, it's just now it's, listen, it's a matter of MLS uh, making the decision on who they think uh, the 10 play-by-play guys are going to be and the 10 analysts are going to be and then the 10 Hispanic analysts and the 10 Hispanic play-by-play guys. So, you know, it's like anything else. We're we're waiting like everybody else. It's almost like you're – uh, out of contract at the end of the year, and you're just waiting to see if they're going to pick up your contract. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. No, it sounds it sounds like that's what's <clears throat> going to be right now, the next step. And, you know, I'm always rooting for the local people, obviously. You know, we'll see what happens yeah. moving forward. And, uh, I mean, I'm just hoping that the local, you guys, you know, let's be honest, ESPN has done a fantastic job since day one in 1996 when they were yep. the main national broadcasters uh, yep. broadcasting MLS. You were a part of that as well, including the U.S. men's national team uh, during yep. the one of the World Cups. I think the World Cup in Germany you were doing back in 98, yep. Uh, yep. no, two, yep, 2006. 2000, um, yep. Obviously, Yep, I mean, besides playing in the World Cup in 94 and 90, and I think also 98, or were you not on that? And 98, 98 yeah, France? I, was on, I was on all three. That's right. Yep, so you and Clinton Dempsey in three World Cup teams. Um, yeah, yep. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, to, to see what ESPN has done for the sport here in the country has been absolutely fantastic, and you know, where do you think ESPN is going to be involved in this? Because obviously there's these rumors that they still want to be involved. They're going to lower the amount of matches televised locally, including, of course, the MLS Cup playoffs, the MLS Cup final. Where do you think Apple will also be involved with that if they are involved with the playoffs? You know, that's a a great question. As far as I know, Apple's doing everything. So from all-star games to, to MLS cup, I figure you're not going to spend that much money to bypass the, one of the most fun events in the summer. And that's the all-star game. When you got Liga Mekis versus the U S all-stars, <clears throat> you're not going to pass up with that much money. You're going to do the playoffs. So I think they'll do leagues cup. So again, it's one of those things. ESPN's done a great job. I think Fox has done a great job and Univision covering the sport that we all love. So now it's where do they fit in? How many games do they get? Just like Univision and Fox. Um, is it one game a week? Is it maybe two games a month? Who knows? You know what I mean? So I think those details are still being figured out in the Apple deal. And uh, I'm sure in the next months <clears throat> we'll be hearing a lot more from from MLS and from Apple of what their 
a uh, little bit more of their vision is for uh, 2023. Where do you see the future for this, uh, the, you know, streaming? I mean, it sounds like everyone's like jumping right in. Everyone's ready to go. They're ready to go and stream this and stream that. Where do you think this is leading to? <coughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I have, I have my Netflix and all that stuff. I still have cable TV. So, I don't know. You know what? The important thing for, for us is the game of soccer keeps growing. It gets more popular. Um, it's easy to find on TV. And I think those are some of the battles that we've had in the past. And now over the last seven or eight years, no matter where you turn on, on, on any kind of dish network or direct TV or whatever it is, your cable provider, you can find a game. So I think that's, that's one of the best things out there. So hopefully it keeps moving in that direction. Um, and, uh, and again, the, the future is bright. It's just, we don't have a clear vision yet of what the future is because, you know, this deal just got announced a few weeks ago and I look forward and excited to hear what the, what the future looks like. <clears throat> well, so am I. And I think it's going to be a bright future. I just, sometimes you feel like, you know, things are going a little too fast. You like it to slow it down a little bit, but I can understand uh, where everyone's going with it, and hopefully it will be a, uh, a positive and a strong move by Major League Soccer to uh, yeah. put themselves into this uh, brand new age of streaming. And uh, yeah. who knows? Maybe this is uh, what we got to be uh, doing from the rest of our lives now. And what's going on? <laughs> we'll see. You know what I mean? It's exciting times. The league's getting bigger. More teams are coming into the league. Stadiums are being built. A new Apple deal that's global. So, listen, the, the important thing for all of us is when we started in 96, <clears throat> a lot of us left the European leagues or the South American leagues as we wanted to see this league grow. We wanted it to be stable, and we wanted it to have a future so our kids could play in it. And right now, I think we've we've nailed it on the head so far. And uh, we just need to keep it uh, growing in the right direction. And I think Apple is going to help with that. Before I let you go, I have one quick question to ask you. I didn't know you were a Spice Girls fan. Uh, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, I was watching the, unit, the, the TUDN broadcast of the USA yeah, Grenada yep. Nations League. I, I know Grenada yeah. is called the Spice Boys, so I, I had yeah. to get this on. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I like the Backstreet Boys, too. I used to listen to NSYNC. I can't lie. So that was my generation, man. I completely understand. Don't worry. I'm a big Duran Duran fan. So. Uh, love them, That's, too. Yep, yep. Don't worry. We all grew hungry, up. Hungry the like age. the wolf, baby. Hungry like the wolf. That's right. That's right. Hungry like the wolf. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, good luck in the MLS Youth Tournament in Dallas. Uh, thank thank you. you for your insights with this whole situation. And, you know, once again, uh, for you and Richard Fleming, I, I hope you guys will be a part of the new broadcast teams that MLS will start with. And uh, I, I really do hope they do pick you guys up because you guys deserve it. You've done so much fantastic work growing the game locally for the Denver area and nationally for the leagues. I appreciate your, uh, your, your words there, and uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed and see what happens. Great. Thank you very much, Marcelo. Have a good night. All right, buddy. Take care, man. You too.
Thank you. That's Marcelo Balboa, the analyst for the Colorado Rapids on Altitude Television, as well nationally, Spanish language on Univision, TUDN, USA. Uh, uh, it, it's just been, in my, in my book, it's just been hard to see all these great people who have done things locally for their local MLS teams. There's Brad Feldman uh, for New England Revolution, Dave Johnson for DC United, Steve Cangelosi uh, for the New York Red Bulls, of course. Um, Joe Tolleson, who has been one of the oldest broadcast voices for both Metro Stars, New York Red Bulls, New York City FC, um, Joe Titino, LA Galaxy, and uh, Richard Fleming over uh, with Marcelo Balboa in Denver, Commerce City, uh, Callum Williams, uh, Mr. Sika over in Columbus, uh, Callum Williams, I was saying before, again, in Minnesota. Um, you know, everyone coming in, doing their part to not only making this sport the best of the best, but to help out the local broadcast teams and to help the local team fans, the supporters, being into their clubs, positively or negatively in the comments, it's just hard to see this whole situation uh, go to waste the way it has. But hopefully, with this new situation, I hope everything will be uh, just as good or maybe even better when we make this move to Apple TV. Uh, this is a huge moment for the league, and honestly, it's also a huge moment for this industry when it comes to the streaming rights deals that are being put out there. There's Amazon Prime, of course, with the Thursday night NFL package that is now going to be uh, on an app. The MLS Apple TV deal on an app. Uh, ESPN with their app as well. Everything is just coming to play, and to be honest, it's been coming very quickly and very fast. There are people who are not ready for this type of movement. Believe me. I, I mean, I have, I have my apps on my phone. I've downloaded them. I thought, you know, this Paramount Plus app through CBS uh, and Viacom... Uh, they've done a very good job. I have watched some men's national team games for the U.S., of course, talking about the final round of qualifying, the octagon, uh, also watching other earlier rounds of World Cup qualifying through CONCACAF, uh, the CONCACAF Nations League draw. I watched that through the Paramount Plus app, and I've, I've, also, I've watched some ESPN uh, stuff through the computer and through the app. Uh, for Open Cup matches and other uh, live or uh, repeat games that I have to click on to watch. All you can say is that this is the future. No matter how slow or how quickly it's coming, it's coming. Thankfully, with MSG Network in Locally here in New York City, northern New Jersey, southern Connecticut, 
I don't have to worry about paying for it because we get it for free. Because we are an optim. My wife and I are an optimum user, and that's the local cable provider for MSG Network. And at the same time, they own the garden. They're part of the garden, and they're part of the network. So personally, for me, it's great. Peacock, I have for the Premier League, ESPN plus Serie A, excuse me, um, La Liga, Bundesliga, Paramount Plus for La, uh, Serie A, Scottish Premier League. So I'm still in tuned to what is going on in the soccer world, but the cable companies are losing customers left and right. And this is the whole cord-cutting situation. And then what's next? Possibly the satellite dish companies could be next on the chopping block. We'll have to wait and see if that does happen. But until then, we won't know. Smart TVs are involved in this new streaming rights deal, as we said last week. And it's just been very fast, as I've said before. Very, very fast. How games and the leagues are being broadcasted around the world. So hopefully everything will be just fine. Time to now move forward. The U.S. Youth Under-20 team in the CONCACAF Under-20 tournament. These are This tournament serves as the qualification tournament for the FIFA Under-20 World Cup and also for the 2024 Summer Olympic Games that will be held in Paris. Now, in the group stage for the USA, what did you expect? against St. Kitts and Nevis. A 10-0 thrashing with two players with braces. An uneven match against Canada where they ended the game at 2-2. And then a 3-0 victory over Cuba to win the group. Took on Nicaragua and won it by a final of three goals to nil to advance to the quarterfinals. If the United States advances to the semifinals, they will automatically punch their ticket to the FIFA Under-20 World Cup. If they win and advance into the final, winning the semifinal round, then they will assist the Under-23s to go to the Olympics in Paris for 2024. This is a huge deal, everybody. This is a huge deal. Tournament being played in Honduras. You can watch this broadcast English language on Fox Sports 2. Also, CONCACAF's YouTube channel and Facebook page. You can also watch 
these games on TUDN USA, the Univision Sports Network. This next matchup on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific against Costa Rica will not be an easy one. This will not be an easy one because we have ourselves here a damn good game. If you watched the other quarterfinal games, especially with Canada and Guatemala, goals scored in extra time, a first-half penalty to Canada that was converted, a late equalizer in the second half stoppage time of extra time, and then a penalty kick shootout where Canada sadly flubbed big time. And Guatemala found a way to crack into the quarterfinals from the round of 16. With the USA, it was a solid 3-0 victory over Nicaragua to get to the quarterfinals. And here are the matches right now in that quarterfinal round on Tuesday, June 28th. The United States will be taking on Costa Rica once again at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Pacific. And then at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, Panama will be hosting, excuse me, will be taking on Honduras. On Wednesday, June 29th, the Dominican Republic will be taking on Jamaica at 7 Eastern. Guatemala will be taking on Mexico at 10 Eastern for, uh, excuse me, 7 Pacific for that one. So get ready, everyone else. The huge match for the U.S. to qualify for the FIFA Under-20 World Cup. Once again, if they win their quarterfinal matchup and reach the semifinal round, they will qualify for the Under-20 World Cup through FIFA in Indonesia for next summer. So a lot to play for. If they win their semifinal round, they will be heading to Paris as well for the Summer Olympics. This is going to be a big-time matchup, a huge matchup. You cannot ignore what will happen. You cannot ignore what these kids have done. And let me just get to these players. Cade Cowell, San Jose Earthquakes. Caden Clark, Daniel Edelman, New York Red Bulls. Paxton Aronson, Brendan's brother. Jack McGlynn, playing for the Philadelphia Union. Quinn Sullivan as well. Diego Luna, for Real Salt Lake, this American roster filled with players from the college ranks, playing in Europe, playing abroad, and playing in Major League Soccer, have done an excellent job, an excellent job of playing some strong football out on that muddy pitch down in Honduras, all the muddy pitches down in Honduras. This is the situation that our team, excuse me, 
has to fight for playing in these international tournaments. Any club team in CONCACAF Champions League, any national team in any CONCACAF international tournaments, including World Cup qualifying. When you are visiting a nation in Central America, you have to pray and hope that the pitch will not be that terrible. It is the rainy season down in Central America, even in the summertime. And you have to hope that there will be new stadiums being built in Honduras, new stadiums being built in Central America, because I understand what people are complaining about when they are seeing muddy pitches in Central America or even waterlogged pitches in the Caribbean. Believe me, I understand where everyone is coming from, but you know what? Nothing compares to pristine pitches in the United States or in Canada or in Europe. The big nations playing on well-kept pitches. So far, Costa Rica with their national stadium. They are building a brand new national stadium in El Salvador. We don't know what will happen in Honduras or Nicaragua or Guatemala. It is a huge, huge advantage when you are playing on a waterlogged or a muddy pitch when you are taking on these nations in CONCACAF, whether it be for World Cup qualifying, now Nations League group stage games, you will never know what's going to happen. And... You know what? We can't cry about it. We cannot cry about it. Because everyone's playing on the same type of field. You know, you know when Costa Rica was complaining about the snow game for that World Cup qualifier at Dick's Sporting Goods Park a couple of years ago, a couple of cycles ago for World Cup qualifying. They were complaining. You know, we cannot, you know, even though they got the orange ball out, they were complaining, you know, you can't see the lines. The snow is fall, is falling down. The referee said, guess what? Tough. You know, you, you want an you know, you want an advantage when your pitch is terrible, but you know, you're gonna complain about the snow coming down in Colorado in, in uh, Commerce City, Colorado. Man up. Man up. The U.S. doesn't complain about a muddy pitch. They understand they got to play a game. It's a regulation game. The more you complain about it, the more the game's going to get played. So you might as well just, you know, hush up and go out there and, and play the match. The same thing that the Central American teams do to Mexico and Canada and the United States 
or they do the same thing to their brothers in Central America or what they do to the Caribbean nations that come to visit them. They get a taste of their own medicine when it's a big snowstorm hitting Colorado, Commerce City, Colorado, Denver, and wherever the match gets played. The truth of the matter is this. Maybe it's time for these clubs and the respective football federations in Central America. And yes, UNCAF is still around, United, the Central American uh, Football Department that is uh, helping out with the Central American nations. Maybe it's time for them to help out financially and even CONCACAF to help out maybe financially to build new stadiums. Or maybe it's time for the clubs down in Central America to build these new stadiums. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to say build the new stadiums Build them up to code. Build them up to date. Make sure that the water does drain well away from the pitch after the rainy season. Go out and try to put yourselves in a better position so that no one will criticize you for horrible stadium looks. That's all. You want to be considered uh, one of the best. You want to be considered, hey, listen, we play great football. We play excellent football. We don't understand why you're doing this. Um, You know, but the truth is we all know why. It is a poor look for CONCACAF, or is it when you want chaos and interesting moments to happen in their international football games? Well, ladies and gentlemen... As we move on here in the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, the U.S. Open Cup will finish off its quarterfinal round this coming Wednesday as Orlando City will host Nashville at Explorer Stadium, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Last week, last week, We had three amazing games. Two of the three were tight-knit and just fun to watch, and then one was a blowout. First, we go to the blowout. I want to say congratulations to Union Omaha of USL League One in the third division. Union Omaha, sadly, traveling to Kansas City, Kansas, to Children's Mercy Park to take on Sporting Kansas City 
and they got blitzed 6-0. Union Omaha with a fantastic run led by head coach Jay Mims, knocking off Chicago Fire and Minnesota United FC on their way to playing against a third MLS team. And trust me, they, they made no mistake here, Sporting Kansas City. They knew who they were going to face. They knew who they were up against. They knew they were not going to get destroyed by Union Omaha at the same time. They did not want to look in their rearview mirror. They punished them. They destroyed them. They did everything they wanted to do with them. And they knocked them out from reaching the semifinals of this edition of the U.S. Open Cup. But I want to say personally to Union Omaha, job well done. To the Union Omaha supporters who made the trek to Children's Mercy Park, you guys, you guys were fantastic. You deserve so much praise supporting your club not just at home, but on the road. I lost count of how many supporters were there in the corner uh, giving their club great moments, great support. I lost count of how many, but let me just say this. You filled up that corner beautifully, beautifully. Be loud, be proud. You had a great run and hopefully you will continue that great run in 2023. I wish nothing but the best for Union Omaha for 2023 for Open Cup dominance, and let's see if they can continue that run and equal that run next season. We'll see what happens there. Sacramento Republic. They have been growing and growing and growing in USL Championship for a long while. They have been a strong team in USL Championship along the West Coast in the Western Conference. And now they are in the semifinals of the US Open Cup. They, The Capital City Club headed to Hollywood, Los Angeles, Tinseltown, headed to L.A., and they shocked the L.A. Galaxy by a final of two goals to one. All goals were scored by Sacramento Republic. Obviously, the second goal was an own goal by Sacramento. To see the determination of, the, of Sacramento Republic to go to Dignity Health Sports Park to go into the house of the LA Galaxy, the most decorated MLS club in the history of the league with five MLS Cup championships to get knocked out in the quarterfinals. That, my friends, was a match I didn't expect to happen. Did not expect to see the LA Galaxy get knocked off, cup-setted, upset City, take them out. 
of the U.S. Open Cup. This was unbelievable. This was fantastic. And all you can say is this. This team is dangerous. And I think Sporting Kansas City is well aware of it. The match will be played at Heart Health Park in Sacramento, California. And I have a funny feeling. Sacramento not only will give Sporting Kansas City a game, I think they could find a way to upset them as well. And they would be the first lower-level team to be in the final of the Open Cup since the 2008 Charleston Battery that represented USL back then where they should have gone into extra time against D.C. United. They were down two goals to one. They leveled the score. Then the offside flag popped up. And on replay, on replay, that play was onside. Charleston Battery should have kept their second equalizing goal. It was 1-1 at the half at RFK, 2-1 the final at RFK for D.C. United, but Charleston should have had the equal, their second equalizer, and unfortunately, no VAR at that time. The goal was wiped out, and Charleston Battery lost two goals to one to D.C. United, where, to be fair... That match should have gone into extra time. The final match should have gone into extra time. And this Wednesday, once again, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. Orlando City hosting Nashville SC at Explora Stadium. That will be a huge matchup to see who will host the New York Red Bulls in the semifinals of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup Tournament of 2022. Anticipation is coming. Anticipation is coming strong and fast. The semifinals, as far as I'm aware of, July 27th on a Wednesday. This is going to be one of the biggest matches we will ever see. Depending on what happens in this one. If Orlando wins at home against Nashville... Orlando will host the Red Bulls, and that start time, I believe, will be at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. If Nashville upsets Orlando and wins at the Purple Palace on Church Street, they will host the Red Bulls at Geodis Park, and that match will start at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central. 
that will affect the time for Sacramento Republic hosting Sporting Kansas City. If Red Bull, if if uh, Orlando wins, their time starts around 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 Pacific, or 10.30 Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. Um, if Nashville wins, that starts 11 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Pacific. So we have to wait and see in a day or two what will happen. What will happen in that quarterfinal matchup that is going to get played on Wednesday, July the 29th. It is exciting. It is fun. And I cannot wait for that to happen. It will be exciting to watch. Exciting to watch. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to talk about the New York Red Bulls this past two games. Wednesday in the U.S. Open Cup quarterfinal, 3-0 victory over New York City FC. All goals in the second half for the Red Bulls at Red Bull Arena. Oh, uh, excuse me, Lewis Morgan, who made it 1-0. Luquinas, who made it 2-0. Omir Fernandez, who finished it off in second half stoppage time to make it 3-0. New York City FC, New York Red Bulls, fantastic opening 45. I thought the Red Bulls had the better of the chances. And as soon as the Red Bulls scored the first goal of the match, New York City FC were unhinged, complaining, yelling, screaming, and kicking. Kick, not ball kicking, but complaining kicking. Tiago Andrade, frustrated with John Tolkien, walked up to him, got his attention, and attempted a headbutt on John Tolkien. Referee saw the whole thing and had no choice but to pull out the red card. He pulled out the red card, New York City FC down to 10 men. Then the Red Bulls playing strong, playing quick and fast, knocking out New York City FC, putting them behind the eight ball, scoring two more goals. And they would once again become the victors in the Open Cup over New York City FC as they would win that one three goals to nil and more disaster for New York City FC, but also a little disaster as well for the Red Bulls. Maxi Morales. Looking for some bait. And sadly, he found it in Tom Edwards. Even though you as a New York Red Bulls fan love to see how Tom Edwards looking up for his teammates because Maxi Morales was throwing punches at Red Bull players. He gets a set, he gets a red card. For his troubles, 
Tom Edwards also gets a red card for being involved in it, even though he tried to plead his case that, you know, what do you want him to do? You know, he's throwing punches at my teammates, or he wasn't involved, but he got the red card. So he'll be suspended for the semifinal matchup, either at Orlando or at Nashville. Meanwhile, Maxi Morales, Tiago Andrade will serve their card suspension in the Open Cup tournament for 2023. All you can say is, it, it's great to see what Tom Edwards did, but it was not great to see him doing it. And the Red Bulls now will have to plug in someone else, which I think they will. But Tom Edwards will now be suspended, and he'll be watching the match from home. But once again, great stuff from the Red Bulls in midweek action. A solid Red Bull arena filled with over ten to over twelve to thirteen thousand fans on a midweek lower bowl filled to the hilt. So far, so good. This was a strong, strong attendance match with everyone slowly coming back due to the COVID uh, protocols and the COVID situation. And, And everyone hopefully can see that this Red Bulls team is fighting, playing hard, and doing a job this season and hopefully we'll secure a home playoff match somewhere down the road. And that leads to Sunday afternoon over at the Bank of California Stadium as the New York Rebels traveled to the West Coast to take on LAFC. Plane issues and the COVID strikes again. Sadly, knocking out Lukinias and Aaron Long. A short bench. A team playing hard, defending hard. But sadly, a two to three minute episode and the dam broke. Not from any of the starters. The Red Bulls lost because of the bench of LAFC. The Red Bulls were competitive. They played strong. Yes, it's difficult to not have either Patrick Lamala or Tom Barlow converting chances, but you know what? When the COVID strikes and you're losing a key piece in the attack in Lukinas, that's a problem. That's a problem for the Red Bulls. So we'll see what happens moving forward. And let's yes. bring over, I think it's an old friend that I haven't spoken to in a while. How are you? And disgruntled Red Bulls van to go with it. That's right. That's yes. right. But uh. don't be disgruntled. Don't be disgruntled. Because yeah. this team right now is, is doing very well. Goalkeeper is solid in Coronel. The back line is solid. 
The midfield is solid. But yes, I understand yeah. the striker department is not where it should be. Especially after losing the LAFC yesterday, too. Yeah. Yes, I know. And I let me just game. say this. Oh, well, you all saw the game. We all saw the game. Oh, okay. You know, when you got a guy like Patrick Lamala, who's supposed to be uh, the future for the club. Right. Uh, you got Tom Barlow, who, let's be honest, Barlow. is better as a substitute than a starter. But you had to throw yeah. him in there because you lost Lukinias due to the COVID. Yes. Personally, well, and this is not a knock on Gerhard Struber, I personally would have loved to have seen Omir Fernandez remain in the starting 11 to start the second half. But, you know, look, that's just me because he has had a very good season himself. Mm-hmm. But once again, uh, this is a damn good team. This is a damn good team that just lost better. a bit of quality due to COVID. That's all. And hopefully for yeah. Lukinius and Aaron Long, they'll be back for this coming Thursday to take on Atlanta United, who's not doing so red hot either. Yeah, I know. I was never impressed with Atlanta anyway. Well, the, yeah. you know, the, you know Joseph, Joseph Martinez, when he ticked, they go off. So, I mean, yeah. Yes. But once again, it's a situation where, you know, if Lukinas is actually fit and the COVID doesn't get him, mm-hmm. then it's a different story. Then maybe well, the Red not, Bulls do nick a couple of goals in the first half. Well, the COVID, you know, can affect anybody. And, you know, that can really, you know, mess up, mess up the team right there because, you know, how it's, you know, hit from the beginning and, you know, when it also hit the um, – uh, World Cup, World Cup last year. A lot of games had to be uh, postponed. And going back to the when the MLS, because that was the first league to return from COVID, and that really messed things up because a lot of players were getting COVID early on. Yep. Back in the 2020. Very true. Very very true. Yes. How they yep. got through that tournament, I'll never the- know, but they did. Hmm. Hey, listen. I had to come back sooner sooner than later. We had to have our soccer back. MLS yes. wanted to come back. I know the players wanted to come back. They did their best to make a big comeback into the league, and I think it was successful. It definitely was. Yeah. It's just the yeah. traveling. You got to make sure that, you know, you do everything you can not to uh, – Put your players in harm's way. That's all it is. But you can right. help it, and and it's going to help. I mean, look, how many yeah. people do you know are vaccinated yet they they still got the COVID? Well, the thing is, it's not that you have got the problem. It's the other people around you. Who knows if they're vaccinated? Those around you might not. That's where the problem mm-hmm. comes in. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm vaccinated. I have my two shots. You know, uh, my family is is all covered. Uh, my significant other is also covered. You know, we're covered. We're fine. But, you know, if you're around a lot of people, you don't know what they're about. So you don't know if they got tested or not because, first of all, uh, you know, they're not, you know, that's a, that's a personal matter, and I don't think people want to discuss that. So, you know, you're, you're down to your chances anyway. I mean, look, I've had chicken pox. I've had all this stuff. So, you know, I got through that. If I get COVID, I'll get through this too. 
we're all going to get through it. It's just yeah. certain people have politicized this whole situation. I personally, no, in, my, in, my, in, in my personal belief, if that never happened, I'm not talking about the COVID. I'm talking about politicizing it. Right. If all of us were all on the same page and we just masked up and maybe this whole situation would have been erased a lot quicker than what we have seen, then yes. maybe we would be out of this thing by a full year, but we're not. Right. And I understand how some people feel, but you know what? This was a major worldwide pandemic that could not be controlled. The right. only way we could control this is if we just masked up and allow it to die the way that everyone said it would. But it hasn't. Right. Maybe no. it's not as strong as it once was, oh, but it's still all. lingering around. So is the flu. And that's the problem. I mean, the flu was, you know, the flu epidemic happened over 100 years ago. That's still around. I mean, it's not killing, yep. you know, you know, it's not killing 30 million people like it did back then, but, you know, it's still there. It's always going to be with us anyway. You know, there's always going to be yes. with us too. But, you know, we're going to take our chances. I mean, we got we to gotta go on living, though, anyway, COVID or no COVID. That's right. That's right. We have to live our lives. Can't let the fear stop that's correct. Cannot allow the fear to get us. We have to keep trucking along. Yes. Absolutely. So anyway, there you know, when we talked to Gerhard Struber on Sunday, mm. you know, the, the loan deal that it brought over Ashley Fletcher from Watford has not worked. And it sounds like that he is no longer going to be on this club when the season is over, when the loan is over. And the truth is, Ashley Fletcher has been a very big disappointment. I don't, I don't know how his training habits have been. I don't know if he has taken the loan deal seriously. Maybe he wants to go back to England and be back uh, with Watford or back to a Premier League team. We'll see what happens. But he really hasn't shown that he wants to be over here. I know the only positive he's only done was creating the own goal at New England to get the uh, you know the surprising three points. Yeah. But outside of that, he's done nothing. He's been injured, yeah. he's been hurt, and he's done nothing. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah, like in this upcoming goals. window. Yep, exactly. And hopefully, in this upcoming window, uh, the Red Bulls do, as I understand, rumors that they are targeting two players. So we'll see what happens if one of them is going to be a striker and, yeah. you know, fill in that big void because let's be honest. When you don't re-sign Bradley Wright Phillips, who I felt still had something to give to the club, and you probably didn't want to use him as a starter. You could have used him as a bench player. You know, to, to hang your hat on both Brian White and Tom Barlow at the time was not the best thing in the world. I mean, yeah, they'll get some goals, but they are not, you know, the breakout goal scorers that they were going to be. Brian White may be a little bit more than Tom Barlow, but Tom Barlow is more of a, you know, 
I would say a brute of a striker, mm-hmm. meaning he would use his size and strength more than he would be a, you know, a dominating striker on the goal department, even though he will score his goals. But I thought his his size and strength would be an asset, and it has been, but it's also been a detriment. But I still like Tom Barlow because he does create a little bit of chaos in the area. He just needs to convert some more goals. I thought Brian White was a silky smooth player, but he just wasn't converting his chances at the time. But the Red Bulls front office needs to understand, and I think also Red Bull Global has to understand, there needs to be a veteran striker on this team to help out young strikers that they're developing through U.S. Well, now it's going to be MLS Next Pro next year. Yeah. But at least to assist in some of these young players in the striker department to be better. So that's what it is. Anything else you'd like to talk about with this Red Bulls team? Uh, no, I mean that that does clear up because you know, you know, I was I was getting a little concerned about their performance, especially after yesterday's loss. You know, which they had they had a chance to win, but uh, I think it eased it up a bit now. Let's just hope for a better second half of the season. Absolutely, and let me just say this right now: they're not in a bad position. I mean, they're still in the top four. They're only two points away from the from the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know. Top tier. I mean, they're they're almost in the penthouse. You know, Philadelphia has been having some issues. New York City has been having some issues. Montreal has come along strong, but they're going to have their issues. That's right. So for the Red Bulls at this moment in time, they're still in a good place. Going to drop off, you know, anytime soon. You know, it's unfortunate. Lukinas got COVID because if he doesn't get COVID on the trip over, maybe that's a different result. That was a game where you were hoping they would at least take – exactly. That's a match you're hoping the Red Bulls will steal a point from Los Angeles. And let's be honest with ourselves here. The starters did not defeat the Red Bulls. It was the bench of LAFC that defeated the Red Bulls. Yeah. Christian Arango, you know, through LAFC fans, are begging Terundolo to have him start. I heard. If he starts, if he starts, it's a you know maybe it's a different type of game. But he's not starting. He's, he's supposed to come off the Thursday, bench. isn't he? Christian Arango. He's already playing uh, for one, LAFC. Well, there's one. There's one Unless you're talking about, about Gareth. Coming, oh, you're talking about Gareth Bale. That, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, Gareth Bale yeah. is on his way. I don't. I don't know uh, if the MLS summer window is opening this Thursday or not. I know Chiellini's coming this Thursday. The defender, uh, uh, the Juventus defender, Chiellini's coming over. But yeah. as of right now, uh, I don't know when the MLS transfer window opens. But we'll have to wait and see. I know. I'll be waiting. I know you will. <laughs> Yeah, and hopefully the Red Bulls, whoever they're targeting, you know, they get them in here right away. They get their, uh, uh, how you call it, their uh, immigration status uh, prepared, their IT prepared, and 
ready to go and move forward and try and find a way to get them implemented into the lineup as soon as possible. Right. Yep. All right. All right. Yes. Thank you, sir. Yes. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for calling yes, in as uh, always, and I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yep. He's gone. Red Bull fan calls in. I appreciate him calling in. This, my friends, is what needs to be done, and you guys got to calm yourselves down, and hopefully we will get that striker, or the Red Bulls will get that striker whenever they're ready to move forward. Well, great show tonight. Thank you for listening to me. I want to thank my guest, Marcelo Balboa, Altitude TV analyst for the Colorado Rapids, as well as TUDN Spanish language analyst for the uh, for that historical channel. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. I appreciate you as always to listening into the show. Join me again next week. Talk more American soccer and Red Bull stuff. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long, and bye bye for now. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.